0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. The saga of Archbishop Georg Gonswein continues. The Archbishop was the personal secretary to both Francis and Benedict XVI, at the same time briefly, at least, until Francis unceremoniously banished him to full service to Benedict. Upon Benedict's passing, Archbishop Gonsvein arranged to have a book published containing the real thoughts of Benedict on a whole host of issues. That book has since been published in German and Italian, with an English-language edition due to be released in the coming months. When that book hit the shelves in Europe, reportedly Francis was uh, furious, to put it mildly, and had Ganswein essentially banished out of Rome. It is the traditional practice for a pope to send his predecessor's personal secretary out of the Vatican to a new job somewhere generally for political reasons, but generally right-ordered political reasons. And it's usually done in a charitable way, but not this time. Now, Gonswein has been dismissed and has no job, and only a tiny apartment where he does basically nothing. This has caused many moderate observers to call Francis cruel and note how unusual this behavior is. Let's dive a little deeper into the story. So we go to zenit.org for this headline. Benedict XVI's former secretary is already in his new residence, but has ministerial limitations. That's putting it mildly, folks. He has basically no job at all in the church. In a time when there are dioceses around the world with no local ordinary, there are bishops who are not given assignments because they angered Francis or are too traditional. I'll let you decide which one of those applies in this case here, or if there's another reason. Quote, since July 12th, Benedict XVI's personal secretary is in Fribourg in Germany, to which, in the diocese to which Pope Francis sent him, without any post, after working for years at the service of the Holy See, despite being a bishop and being of an age, 66 years old, in which he can continue in active service. Hence, in the exercise of the Episcopal ministry, the papal expulsion order of Vatican City prescribed that Monsignor Georg Ganswein had to leave the small city-state by July 1st. Monsignor Gonsfein's current residence is in the headquarters of the Archdiocesan Seminary. He has an apartment of some 140 meters in the same house where he studied to be a priest. On Monday, July 17th, the Archdiocese of Fribourg published a press release clarifying that Monsignor Gonsfein, quote, will not take up an office or a fixed and permanent post in the Archdiocese. The Archbishop of Fribourg, Stefan Berger, met with the Archbishop. Dr. Georg Gonsfein to hold talks after his return to the Archdiocese of Freiburg. As the Archdiocese announced on Monday, Dr. Gonsfein will not take up an office in the Archdiocesan Ordinariate or a fixed and permanent post in the Archdiocese. It is possible that prior to consultation with Archbishop Berger, he will take up individual requests, such as confirmations or local festive services. Moreover, Dr. Gonsfein will preside regularly over the offices in the Cathedral of Fribourg as honorary canon beginning in the autumn. In an interview with the Italian daily newspaper Corriere della Sera on Sunday, July 16th, Monsignor Gonsfein said, I arrived four days ago. It's too early to say how this new life will be. I've yet to understand what I'm going to do. However, he did have something clear, which he also said to the newspaper. I will not work permanently for the Archdiocese of Freiburg. In other words, he has a small apartment and basically does nothing in any official capacity. In fact, putting him in a seminary allows him to be monitored by seminary and staff and to keep him away from the general public. Seminaries are not places typically a, t- a normal layperson is able to easily go sniffing around. But why would he be just sitting around a German seminary? Now, Info Vaticana had a slightly different take on the story. That provides us some more information. Headline: Gons and Friedberg. Here I am, a pain in the uh, backside. <clears throat> yes, he used that language you see on the word in your sc- on the screen. It's just a reminder that American traditionalists often have a different relationship with crude language than most other Catholics do, and the writings of the saints sometimes feature that crude language in it too, which is surprising when you first encounter it. I was surprised the first time I read some of that, but it does, his, Gonsfine's use of the language does get the message across. He is going to be a burden on a diocese somewhere and it's Francis' loyal bishop. Remember, Rome doesn't dare send Gonsfine to a diocese where the bishop is at odds with Rome. That could prove disastrous because Gonsfine is still an archbishop and he has a lot of, a lot of knowledge of the inner workings of the Roman Curia and papal politics. And he's got connections there. Francis can't send him to be a burden for one of his enemies in the hierarchy. So instead he sends him to Freeburg whereby Gonsvein's own admission, he'll be a burden and a nuisance. Quote, Head of the papal household of two popes, secretary and intimate of Benedict, Archbishop Georg Gonsvein, was an uncomfortable presence in Rome, and Francis sent him back to Germany, to Freiburg without any commission. Gonsvein still does not know what will become of him, although he is well aware that he is a, quote, pain in the backside as he confessed to Il Correa del Serra. I arrived four days ago. It is too early to know what this new life will be like. I still have to think about what I'm going to do. Archbishop Gonsfein, recently installed in Freeburg, confesses to the to Correa. Saying he's been installed, by the way, I think it's not the right language to use for what it, what's happened there. Anyway, continue. In a few days, I will see Archbishop Berger. We will discuss it. I'm a pain in the backside in the sense that I'm a nuisance. End quote. He also says that 40 years ago he took an oath to shut up and obey, so his fate is entirely in the hands of the bishop he's to meet with this week. So banish those thoughts of him hooking up with the SSPX or Archbishop Vigano or anything like that. That's prob- The chances of that happening are near zero. Gonsfine will disappear into obscurity if he is so ordered to, or he'll take on a menial teaching post at a seminary somewhere. The one thing for sure that is guaranteed, he'll only do anything in the public eye with the approval of the ordinary whose diocese he lives in. That is his fate for having written a book about Benedict XVI that upset Francis. But remember, as I said earlier this week, Francis is probably the destroyer and has been working to undo the papacies of John Paul II and Benedict XVI and bring to bring the church back to the chaos years of the 1970s, or as close to it as he can at any rate. Elsewhere, Gonswein is reported as having said that he will likely handle confirmations for the Bishop of Freeburg and to attend festivals on behalf of the Diocese of Freeburg which is his birthplace, so it's nice that he's able to go home, I guess, and that's where he was ordained. But in so doing those things for the diocese, he's basically become an auxiliary bishop. That's what's happened to him. Meaning he's become an assistant bishop, functionally speaking. that is an enormous demotion. Now, canon law actually ties the hands of the local bishop here. Katolisch.de, the official website of the German bishops, ran an interview with a canon lawyer on this question, and he makes this clear. Quote, According to canon law, Gonsfein is a bishop without office or task in the diocese in which he now lives. He is a bishop who is in foreign territory. Because since his episcopal consecrations in Rome and his associated appointment as titular archbishop, Gonsfein is no longer a priest of the archdiocese of Freiburg. Thus, the archbishop of Freiburg is not authorized to give him instructions. To which the theologian is asked, so Archbishop Stefan Berger could not commit Gonsfein to anything? The answer is no but the two archbishops were free to agree whether and to what extent Archbishop Gonswein would allow Archbishop Berger to commission him for tasks in his home diocese or whether and to what extent the Archbishop of Freeburg would delegate tasks to the titular Archbishop of Urb's Salvia. Quote. Of course, we don't know what kind of communication has happened between Rome and Freeburg on the Gonswein question, but literally canon law seems to prevent him from being given real tasks. Though, to be honest, Francis is free to wave such things away if he feels like it. And it's not out of the ordinary for the secretary, for a recently departed pontiff, to be sent out of Rome. It's just that they're usually given, you know, a job of some kind when they're done. And that's not the case here, which is especially strange because there is a shortage of bishops. There's a lot of dioceses in Europe without an ordinary. Francis is the one in control of this situation, which what makes this all the more maddening. Francis can make Gons find the ordinary of any diocese in the world he wants to, and there's no shortage of dioceses in need. But that's actually the point, folks. Like any other tyrant, it doesn't matter what the common good requires or what basic, decent norms require. Gone's fine upset Francis, and that's enough to have him sent out into the ardor of darkness. A couple of days ago, I brought to you the story of a historian and theologian going off about Francis' overreach and his destruction of the work of J.P. II and Benedict XVI. In that interview, he invokes the treatment of Gonsfein as a prime example of why Francis is in fact a destroyer. So back to that interview briefly here. Quote, In contrast to media portrayals of Francis as the Pope of Mercy, Seawald decried the pontiff's authoritarian style and how he has ruled harshly. Bergoglio knew that he could not hold a candle to Ratzinger in his theological brilliance and nobility, he stated. He concentrated on effects and had the backing of the media, which did not want to look too closely lest they also see that behind the pope, who was portrayed as open-minded and progressive, was a sometimes very authoritarian ruler, as Bergoglio was already known in Argentina. Though Seawald said Pope Francis initially, quote, impressed him with his, quote, commitment to the poor and to people who move around a lot, the astonished public observed that Bergoglio did not keep many of his promises, contradicting himself again and again, thus causing considerable confusion. In addition, there were many cases in which he ruled harshly, deposed unpopular people, and closed valuable institutions created under John Paul II, the biographer said. Seawald cited Francis' treatment of Benedict XVI's personal secretary, Archbishop Georg Gonsvein, whom Francis ordered to leave the Vatican last month. It makes him, Francis, untrustworthy, Seawald remarked. One cannot, with the Bible in hand, constantly speak of brotherly love, mutual respect, and mercy— at the same time trample these virtues underfoot. The brutality and public humiliation with which a deserving man like Gonsfein was dumped is unprecedented. Not even the custom of giving a word of thanks to a departing employee, as is customary in the smallest company, was observed. The Pope downgraded Gonsfein, but he meant the one for whom Gonsfein stands. End quote. Now that last saying might be a little confusing, but by he meant the one for whom Gonsfein stands, they meant Benedict XVI, because he wanted to insult Benedict XVI. Gansfine has always been supremely loyal to Benedict XVI and to his memory. He was truly devoted to the man, and his loyalty lied with Benedict in all things, even if that put him at odds with Francis, and so that at least is how it's been reported. And it makes sense, too, given Francis' treatment of Gonsfein and his demand for personal loyalty to him above all things. That is his reputation, and only understanding that demand of Francis makes the large number of bishops he's dismissed make any sense at all. Moderates like Cardinal Mueller have been dismissed for, frankly, merely pointing out that the church's constant teaching on certain subjects conflicts with Francis' program of building the Synodal Church, or his alliances with the secular world are uh, scandalous, to put it mildly. This behavior has made Francis appear untrustworthy, even in the eyes of moderates which may torpedo Francis's long-term plans. So I'm curious, though, what do you think about this yourself? Do you think that uh, his treatment of Gonswein is just adding more to create the illusion or the create the perception among people that Francis cannot be trusted? Among normal people, obviously, not among people who typically watch videos like this. I think you've, that ship has sailed a long time ago. But do you think that a much more typical Catholics who find out about this are going to be, you know, well, concerned? Or do you think essentially papalitry is so rampant now that anything a pope says is morally permissible because he's infallible, which is a horrible take and a horrible thing people actually believe, but a lot of people believe it? And do you think that's going to cover for a lot of people? I'm curious what you think about that. So let me know in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to share this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.